everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 133. It is me, your host, Evan, back with the All-American Conservative, Solomon Tack, here with a very special guest, candidate for New York State Assembly, District 10, out in Suffolk County, Jamie Silvestri. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Jamie, for the folks at home that don't know who you are, could you give them a little bit of background on how you got into politics and why you decided to run for the state assembly specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, growing up, we always had the news on and whatnot. My mom always took me to book review for, uh, you know, like Sean Hannity book signings, Bill O'Reilly book signings. So that was kind of always something that was in the background of my life. Um, but you know, it's important and it was there. And then last year I started working on my first campaign and it was a really eye-opening experience and I really enjoyed it. I got involved with the Huntington Young Republicans as the press secretary and back in December when they actually decided to really move through with the criminal bail reform, I was like, this is it. Like I, I need to run for office. I can't have a family in this state between taxes, property costs. Now you're going to like prioritize prisoners over taxpaying citizens who just want to be safe. So I decided to run for it and you know, we're going to win. We're going to make New York red again and uh, have a sweet victory in 2020. I'm sold already. I mean, honestly, (laughs) it's a basically battle against the Democrat playbook right now. But as we talked about before, I'm kind of losing it a little bit here in lockdown. And Emperor Cuomo has just announced that he is extending our lockdown to May 15th. Oh, yay. My phone already won't work with the facial recognition software because my beard has gotten too big. But, you know, with protests going on, we know, um, I know there was a small one up at Albany today to talk about people wanting to reopen the state. The president actually gave an address today talking about plans to reopen the country. New York doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. May 15th kind of seems like when you're on an airplane and they're delayed and they go, listen, it's going to be another 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes later, it's going to be another 30 minutes. Just it doesn't really seem mat. like, yeah, it doesn't really seem like this, this lockdown's really going anywhere. No. I mean, this is, it, it's tech, you tech, tech. I don't, yeah, know, I don't even know where I'm going with this tech. You take over. I already take said, over. we've got New York is suffering from communism you've got emperor cuomo as you like to call him the evil emperor cuomo uh from the the knights of the old republic you know what i mean and then you have uh bill de blasio in new york city we all know how communism survives and communism survives by force and instilling your will on the people and that's what these two are inherently doing and they have been doing since the beginning of this epidemic and I've spoke about it before is there's ways that we could have kept businesses going and uh, kept the economy open while adhering to, to social distancing. So. Yeah. I mean, absolutely all that. And now we all have to wear masks. You're not allowed out in any public spaces without wearing a mask. Otherwise they're gonna, you're going to get in trouble. They'll find you. <laughs> any way to get money. That's another way communism survives. It's, it's, so New York's already what twenty dollars per toll, or de- depending on what toll you're going through. I easy pass. I don't even know how much they're charging me <laughs> at all. Right? I never, I never looked. Definitely twenty. <laughs> uh, so you have all of the tolls. You have what they're getting from the MTA. You have what the all of the five or six taxes that go into a taxi cab right now. 
You have all of these ways of getting money, um, alternate sides of the street parking. Now, all of a sudden, you're not wearing a mask. Oh, that's more money for our social programs that we're giving to the illegals anyway. <laughs> I mean, J- Jamie, you talked about how the, our civil liberties in New York are very important to you. It's a big part of why you're running. You know, Tack and I are both big gun rights people, and but we've had other issues. Right now, our civil liberties are, you know, we can't assemble. They can, you can't really protest against the government because you're not allowed to be within six feet of people, and you're not allowed yeah. to be out in public. So really, what, what are you looking to do in the state government in terms of helping us in New York? Because New York is, I think it's dead last in economic freedom. But in terms of even just our regular civil liberties, we're having a lot of issues. Our gun rights are almost non-existent. What is, what, what is your plan? What, what do you want to do to help us? All right. Help us out because we need help. We need help here. Um, it's funny because... Whenever I talk about that with my campaign manager, I'm like, I feel like people always expect you to just be like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to add this and I'm going to add that. Like, no, I want to get rid of things. I want to deregulate. I want to remove. I mean, like you were just talking about all these like weird things that we're paying for. New York State, right? You get the Empire State Pass so that you can go to any state park in the entire state. But if you decide that you want to get like a nighttime stargazing permit, you actually have to get a permit. Wait, $35 wait, wait, to go to the on, same exact park that you already have a pass for, that you paid like 84 Yeah. For I didn't even know this. Wait, there is yeah. a nighttime stargazing uh-huh. park? Yep. And the office is open. Done, Most of the offices are open from like 9 in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon. And that's it's like one two hell of a, That's one hell of a date though. For- I can't believe that's a thing. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> So if I'm getting a nighttime stargazing pass uh-huh. to take you out on a nice like date, you better be getting me some alcohol, some hard, <laughs> hard liquor. I need some kind of payback. I just paid for dinner and $35 for the stargazing pass. Now yeah, AOC vodka. was a bartender, so she's got you. <laughs> if you don't know Jamie, AOC is my mental girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she knows it. I can't explain it. <laughs> I completely understand. <laughs> so, with that being said, because she's a bartender, she will be allowed to get me my my favorite one. is called the AMF. Do you know what the AMF is? No. What is this? It's called the Adios, motherfucker. <laughs> it's got about it's got about six different alcohols in it. <laughs> the tequila one. Yes. Good. <laughs> and like blue liqueur or whatever. So that's my expectations if I'm paying for $35, a $35 stargazing pass. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't get past this. How is there a permit to look at the stars at night in a park? Yeah, that's a thing. And I mean, where I live, there's, um, there's a few different uh, equestrian places, right? So if you like to ride horses, whatever. In New York State, if you go to school to become a licensed horse therapist, like massage therapist, because, you know, horses need massages too. Um, (laughs) New York State, you're not allowed to practice being a horse masseuse unless you're a veterinarian. So like a vet who wasn't trained to specifically work with this animal is allowed to work with this animal, but people who went to school and spent money to do this can't actually practice their license. 
can't. I can't. I'm just this. amazed. Yeah. We have horse masseuses. Uh-huh. Stargazing permits and horse masseuses. <laughs> yeah, right? New York is in way worse shape than I thought it was. This is what oh I'm saying. God. This is what they're regulating. Like, why are these the things that, like, we need to be told how to do? And then today he put out, oh, man, I wish I need to find it. I need to directly quote this because it was just glorious. He put out a statement on how they plan to reopen businesses. And he said in the, in the press release, it says this campaign is a component in the governor's efforts to redesign the way state government works in order to drive economic growth and create jobs, which the way I'm reading it, I'm like, so you think it's government in New York's job to do this. You're talking about a state that has like a hundred thousand people leaving a year, small businesses constantly moving out because of all these regulations. And now you're telling us you're going to create jobs for us. Where's his magic wand? <laughs> no, he's they... bar. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I still can't believe this is permit to look at stars. Taxes, taxes, and more taxes. That's oh another way God. that communism survives. But that's, they how they, need, that's how they run the state. Yeah, they build off the backs of the, the people. You get yeah. forced to, they tax you to death. And what is it? Once you get past a certain percentage, history has shown that you have some kind of rebellion behind it. And New York State is way past that. But what's a shame is you have all of these little trendy hippies running around that still have no clue <laughs> why they need three and four roommates, five roommates for a tiny little apartment. Yeah. I know a guy who lives in White Plains. He's, I think he's lived there since probably almost 10 years now. I think he still lives with like nine roommates. This dude's been working full time since he's 22. He still lives with nine roommates because they still can't afford their rent. It's insane. And we've seen de Blasio do this with, you know, he tries to like take every neighborhood and just make it as crappy as possible. And it's like, you want everyone to live in shit, and then you want to be standing there at the top. Be like, hey, I'm the king of shit. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. Like, you fly oh. on a wall. <laughs> That's oh. what I'm going to start calling them. Uh, Hillary's annoying fly. <laughs> so, Jamie, a little bit of background for people. so Because some people might not know. I know. But some people might not know. The New York State Assembly. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like the House of Representatives in yes. Washington? Good. Yes, that's I, I did know that. to people all the time. And actually, like this is a thing that bothers me is there are a lot of my friends who, when I was like, guys, guess, guess what I'm doing? I'm running for New York State Assembly. They were like, that's so cool. What is that? Like, what do they even do? Like, no one even knows. Like, if I were to say New York State Senator for my area, people are going to be like, oh, Chuck Schumer, right? And I'm like, no, like people have no idea how much government is involved in New York and how how many people there are working in government. I think actually, um, New York State has one of the highest populations of people working for government than private wow. industry. That's where all those taxes wow. are going, I guess. Yeah, they are. That's for that you know. I was talking to someone last week about that and that's kind of where we landed. It's like, you have to try to figure like, I don't know, you're taxing me to go to a park already. Right. Cause in your taxes, you're allowed to go to the park. Now you're making me pay to go into the park again. And 
the park looks the same as it did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So obviously my money's not going to that. So where is my money going? Where's it going? It's funny you mentioned the parks because I was doing some work until the whole shutdown. Um, a friend of mine runs a group called Our Earth United. And what he was doing was he was going hiking and he noticed there was a lot of trash in the parks. So he started picking up the trash. Yeah. So then we started going as groups to pick up trash. And then I realized this is a state park. Why is there not someone already here picking up all this trash? We're coming home with 30 pounds of garbage and it's a state-run park. Yeah. You, what are they, you, what you are they know. doing? You cannot depend on government to do not a thing. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And you're going to be disappointed like so, each time. Yeah. And that's, that's what's like so scary. I feel like a lot of people in New York just totally depend on government. And I'm like, why? Why? And then, and then like you complain about things. Like, why do you think it is this way? Like, <laughs> the exact same thing. Well, I go, why? Why? <laughs> why do you think the government should be doing that? Depending on the government is like going to the bar starting a conversation with the, the bartender thinking she's going to be a really smart woman and then meeting AOC. <laughs> is that, is that what happened, Tack? Is that how this all got started? <laughs> it is. My heart was broken. <laughs> so you talked about getting rid of things, Jamie. I'm all for getting rid of the SAFE Act. But another thing we need to get rid of, which you mentioned, is bail reform. This is possibly one of the worst policies ever enacted. Uh, violent crime has skyrocketed. And they're even with it, even with this pandemic, they're continuing to just let people out of jail. They're letting them out of jail for having COVID. Yeah, so you're taking people who are sick, letting them out of jail. These guys aren't going to the hospital. They're going back to their neighborhoods and they're spreading this around, committing more crimes. <clears throat> That's there's some stories about uh, there's a homeless shelter where a bunch of the people that were staying there ended up like reporting about or they I don't even know not reporting but they were complaining about the conditions there and how they were letting COVID positive people in and out and you know this is like a homeless shelter right so I was reading that from I think it was maybe beginning of April and then they were talking like two days later three days later maybe um another article comes out about how the the inmates that they're letting out they're directing them to homeless shelters so you're releasing people because they are testing positive for COVID, and now you're telling them to go to homeless shelters where people who are homeless are supposed to be going so that they don't get exposed to COVID on the street, and now you're just putting everyone in one room. Meanwhile, uh -huh. if they're in jail, they can be isolated, uh -huh. and they won't be able to infect anyone. But no, let's let them out. That's what I was kind of thinking about yesterday. I'm like, whatever happened to solitary? I mean, isn't that kind of what everyone had to do? I came back from CPAC and I had to lock myself in a room for like a week and a half. I, you know, like I, everyone's going to go a little stir crazy, but I mean, you know, if your health is important. You know, what's funny is they, this showed that nobody had any plan for anything. They had no plans for anything whatsoever. And you always heard them talking about, oh, we're prepared for anything. We're prepared for anything. And then it's like, oh, but and talking about on a federal level, Obama never refilled the the um, the pandemic stuff anyway. And yeah. then you get down to the state level and it's we have all of this money to give to all of these illegals and mm -hmm. they could stay here and and we'll take care of them and give them Medicare and everything else. Oh, we don't have enough money for just average New Yorkers. and We don't have enough equipment for New Yorkers. How can you claim to be prepared for anything? And then the, when a situation actually happens, you're not prepared at all. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and then on top of it, it's like, I'm pretty sure, what was it, like 2015 or 2016, he had, Cuomo had the opportunity, right, to, to buy a bunch of ventilators. Yeah. And instead of doing that, he decided to use that money to go towards solar panels. So, I mean, I guess that this is the exact kind of insight that the rest of America needs to look at to realize why the Green New Deal would be a failure. This is, it's literally happening in New York. We prioritize being green and having clean energy. But like, you know, the state where 9-11 happened, where you have had mass casualty events, Mm -hmm. you don't think to put your people first and make sure that you have enough of a stockpile. I mean, we're, we're huge for transportation, you know, and being a port into the country and whatnot. I mean, I I just think it's kind of like a common sense thing that you would make sure people could be taken care of, but you know, at least they got the solar panels up. Just to to lead to another question on that, how uh, could you see yourself helping to implement, uh, I guess, statewide agencies and and, uh, federal agencies for for different kinds of of disasters? Because if we're not prepared for a pandemic, which we've had pandemics every, what, eight years or something like that, they just haven't gotten as bad as this one since probably 1917. Um, You have fault lines in New York you do come across tornadoes every so often and, and, and all of the other major catastrophic events and then man-made catastrophic events. How would you see yourself helping to, I guess, set aside money and also uh, work alongside FEMA and all other organizations? I mean, I've been entertaining the idea of auditing all these groups that are actually in charge of doing that within the state because I remember when Hurricane Sandy happened I mean, the South Shore of Long Island, a lot of towns were really, I mean, I know people in Massapequa who houses were totally destroyed and it took like two to three years, if not longer, to even get the money out. That's not, again, what these things are supposed to be like. So I, I'm i a big fan of, uh, like I said, organizing and cleaning up. So you got to go through all the crap to figure out what you need to get rid of and how to reprioritize everything and put it in a nice order so that it can actually effectively roll out. I mean, I do think that the current administration, uh, President Trump's administration, did have a good grasp on this. And, you know, he made the shots. He called the shots before it was the shot to call. You know, people are telling him not to do this, not to do that. He ended up doing the right thing. So, I mean, another big problem, too, is that a lot of people just expect the federal government to be the one in charge of managing a disaster for you. They don't realize it falls on the state level. So I think we need to do like a bit of educating the public on how government actually works, as we talked about earlier. (laughs) And also, you know, just we need to figure out where our money is going. Like I see all these crazy articles all the time about like whose friend is working where and what department here and there. And I'm like, is this not shady to people? Like, I don't understand this. Like, how did this person, how do we have the most paid, like highest paid governor in the entire country? And he just gave himself a raise like last year, but he couldn't prioritize getting us masks or ventilators. And he wouldn't even take help from Remington. Remington offered to make Uh ventilators. And he said, no, thanks. I'll order them from China. Like, yeah. And then had a stockpile of ventilators. And then said, no, we're good. Don't worry. Like, (laughs) No, and you know what? That's another part of the problem, too, is the absolute mismanagement. Like, when this all first went down, they had to have the National Guard come in and do 
forensic analysis to figure out where our warehouses of stuff were. And you know where they were for New York State? Edison, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, God. Never put anything in New Jersey, let alone your essentials. Come on. <laughs> but what is our stuff doing in New Jersey, even if it's in a warehouse? So you're still taking your business out of New York, and now you're sitting here saying, bring business to New York. How does that work? You don't even well, do business in New York. If we did have a, a major disaster where we had to actually shut the city down, which includes the bridges, everything is stuck in Edison, New Jersey. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the, what is it, the six Ps? Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> Great failure on that, Cuomo. This next segment is brought to you by Shark Tooth Blades. Hey, if you are in construction or just do a ton of handiwork yourself, you must try Shark Tooth Blades and your utility knife. They are specifically made for cleaner, more precise cuts, eliminating the paper drag created by ordinary dull one-time use blades. Their blades are 10 times sharper and five times more durable. And now using promo code ESC, you will get an additional 15% off on top of their current sale prices. To get yours, visit www.sharktoothblades.com and order today. Uh, Everything Cuomo does is a failure, but the biggest problem I think that we're having in the state government is that Cuomo literally operates like an emperor. He literally gets everything done that he wants done. It seems like the state government bends to his will all the time, especially now with an extremely blue legislature. What do you think that you and others can bring to the state government where you guys can actually stand up to this guy and get them some things done that are going to help the people as opposed to just pushing forward Cuomo's political agenda? Because everything he does is for his agenda. He is a political machine. Every single thing he does is a calculated move from the Reproductive Health Act to giving illegals driver's licenses and free college, all this stuff, it's all for political gain. So what do you think that you and others will be able to do to stand up to this guy? Um, Well, you know, a a trend I'm seeing, especially in assembly, is a lot of young people getting involved and, you know, running for elected office. I think that it's important for everyone to actually work together. And I mean that like across the aisle. Like I I really think that a big problem in politics is that people think that things have to be either so left or so right. Like there's a middle ground. We're allowed to work together. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do think that we need certain aspects of criminal bail reform, but not at all the criminal bail reform that they did. There's no reason why people should have to sit in the system for like two to three years over something stupid and have it like hanging over their head when they could be progressing in life. I don't agree with that. But I mean, I think that uh, we need to have like civility come back. And I think that we need to have a real awakening of the fact that the taxpaying people of our state are the people who we should be putting first, not ourselves, not what we think, not what our agenda is. I mean, it's not supposed to be an easy job. Like, people are going to hate you for something that you do either way. I mean, try to do the right thing. Yeah, the right thing is the right thing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I am happy to hear is that you don't, uh, I guess you don't look down on compromise. No. You know what I mean? But then the way you said it as well, and uh, if, if the listeners haven't picked up on it, um, you also won't put your morals to the side for <laughs> for no. a little compromise. You know what I mean? I, I heard the, the fire behind it. 
<laughs> but um, being able to to put the people before your own agenda and then realizing that that's who you are working for and, and that's who you're supposed to satisfy, whether you do the right thing, whether somebody realizes you did the right thing or not. Mm-hmm. Because and and uh, and the, what I always say, one of my my most famous phrases that people who have who know me have worked with me and hung out with me have heard me say. Um, sometimes the world just needs that, those assholes, <laughs> and if the world didn't have those assholes, it would be more full of shit than it is now. <laughs> so sometimes Isn't that from Team America Tech. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the that's neither here nor there. Okay. <laughs> It's my motto. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes you just need to be the, the asshole and, and realize people aren't going to like you. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I 100% love the, the, what you just said. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing too, though. I was talking to someone about this last week. All right. Do you remember as a kid when you were in school and if someone said something mean to you, your teacher would usually say something like, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Somewhere in between that part of my childhood and when I turned like 23, all of a sudden it has turned into like, words will break and shatter me. Like, who cares? (laughs) Words are violence. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't understand this. I mean, it's just so crazy. It's crazy. It's really by making people think that words will actually hurt them and standing up for something you believe in, it's not something that's going to end your life. I mean, that's literally why we have the First Amendment. And I, it, they're trying to get rid of it. I mean, we know that. And there's only so much you can do to make people wake up. But, I mean, if you just keep yelling it, eventually enough people start paying attention, I think. I mean, that's what I've been doing. I've just been yelling for about a year and a half now. I mean, some people are listening, but... <laughs> Other people are really turned off. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's the thing I find too. Even people who get turned off to certain things I'm saying, I'm like, okay, here are three things. Like I try to give them three things from the point that I'm talking about. Like, I don't know, example, COVID-19. One of my friends is a big, like the who is trying to do what they can. I'm like, okay, do me a favor. I want you to look up who owns the, the coronavirus vaccine patent and what year that was put in. I want you to look at what the CDC actually is because it's not a, a, it's not like part of the government. The CDC, they're consulted a lot, but I mean, look at what they do. And then look at, you know, Bill Gates out here pushing it and look at him at his, what was it, like Event 201 or whatever. Look at all these things and then come back to me. And then sometimes, you know, people will actually do it. And then they'll be like, I didn't realize that like Bill and Melinda Gates actually donated the most money to the who outside of the United States. Like, geez, why could he possibly be so mad right now that we're cutting off funding to them? Because now he's their biggest donor. Now all the responsibility falls on him. So, I mean, it's like little bits that I try to spread to the masses, but you know, each day at a time. I mean, Bill Gates is the same guy who created a computer system and then created viruses for it so he could sell people antivirus software. This guy, <laughs> guy's a scumbag. <laughs> He's a college dropout, man. His his degree was given to him because he went and made a speech. He didn't really earn that degree. But the guy's a billionaire, you know what I mean? He He earned it the way he earned it. 
I mean, I respect like, his hustle, but I mean, come yeah, on. how much can you really expect from the dropout? But they're talking. I mean, they're they're talking about like forced vaccines. They're talking about vaccine cert- immunization yeah. certificates. This stuff is this is they're talking. This is like dystopian future stuff where you have to walk around with an armband saying that you're either immune or you've been given a vaccine for COVID nineteen. Meanwhile, the death rate they're talking about is about the same as the flu. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I know people who. If I always tell people, if you don't get the flu every year, don't get the flu vaccine. You don't need it. I know a teacher in my school. He got the flu vaccine and eight. He was sick for eight months and then died. Could have been the flu vaccine. It probably was something to do with it. But the one year I got the vaccine, I got really, really sick. Every other year, I don't even get the flu. So to force something on on people who don't need it, because I was definitely exposed to COVID. We had three people in our school who I worked with who were hospitalized for it, and this was a few days before they closed the schools. I was sick for maybe two days and I was fine. So now to force me to go get a shot that I don't need, which could possibly make me sicker because you, they don't really know how you're, every person's going to react to a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know how you any can't force these things on people. Ibuprofen. You have people that have really significant reactions to just over the counter medication. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I've never, I get the flu vaccine every year and I've never had a, a reaction to it. But then you hear all the people that talk about, the reactions that they have to this flu vaccine. And I'm like, I'm every time I'm like astonished, I'm like, you what? You know, you don't know what people's bodies are going to do. Alex had a reaction to something or another. I don't remember which vaccine, but um, you just, you don't know. They don't tell you not. I've started going every time I hear a doctor say, you need this vaccine and that vaccine and, and another vaccine. I'm like, so what's the, what's in it? What's in the vaccine? Can you explain is there something that you can give me that has the what goes into the vaccine? What's the ingredients? I want to see the ingredients first. And they always have the same reaction. that They get pissed off, and they never give me anything that's included in the vaccine. They won't even tell me the name of it or what company makes it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pattern that they go for. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we're, t- we're really, we're talking about throwing civil liberties out the window because of an illness that might have the same death rate as the, as the seasonal flu. I mean, where did we, how did we get to this point now where we're willing to, you know, when is this lockdown has no real end date because they keep pushing it. You know, gun stores are still closed. You have celebrities talking about people need to be voting from home. I mean, what do we look like? What is this country going to look like after this? Are they trying to set a precedent where they can shut us down and lock us away for the flu? That's essentially what essentially do what, what the hell they want to do, because Northam has been signing bill after bill after bill, while yeah. everybody's on lockdown, and you don't hear about it until CNN reports um, on it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's how a lot of people found out about criminal bail reform here. They were like, all of a sudden, it just they were like, oh, it's January first. Like no one told us about this, and it's like, no, a lot of people were yelling about this. You guys just didn't listen. <laughs> But also, Cuomo seems like he passes all these things in the middle of the night. He did it with the Safe Act. Yeah, he did it with the he did it with uh, Reproductive Health Act. It's who no one is calling him out. For, I mean, people are calling him out for this, but no one is stepping up to him and putting him back in check. They've been doing that since Patterson, though. Is that's the blind guy's name, right? Yeah, I think they just felt bad for him. I mean, oh, no one really wanted to say anything. <laughs> He can't see what he was signing anyway. <laughs> Just put it in front of him. He can't even read it. 
It's not written in Braille. Nobody's got the time to staple a staple a paper and make all the dots in order. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but Jamie, you wanted to talk about the mass exodus of New Yorkers due to taxation and other things. What are some things that you would like to either change or deregulate or move around? to bring businesses back to New York and to stop us losing all these people, because that's a big issue of why this, well, it's part of why the state's in debt. A lot of it is Medicaid, uh, Medicaid, Medicare spending. But um, part of it is that we are losing tons of people. So how, fix it for us. Just fix it. Just do it. <laughs> tell, tell us how, tell us how you're going to wave your magic wand. <laughs> well, I think it goes back to deregulation again. I, I was looking into what it takes to start a small business here, right? And you have to pay like a filing fee in order to get all the paperwork done, right? And then after you do that, you have to get it published in a newspaper that you're actually doing it. So that's another fee that you have to pay for in order to even start the business. Like this is to even like get the paperwork to say that you can do it. And I mean, depending on what you're going into... Um, I mean, we've seen, I have seen farming, I think upstate go down a little bit. Um, we're seeing a lot of trade jobs going away, construction, labor. And then actually today there was something that I was reading about manufacturing being the lowest it's ever been. And I think, I think the number was like negative 76%. Oh God. And like, think about how many jobs that is. And again, we're living you know, I know we've touched on having a fault line in New York earlier, right? But we're a wealth of resources. I'm not saying like go in and frack the earth to death, but you know, we have to start looking at other viable options for energy, which would bring back skilled workers. You would have people, you know, you know I mean, like fracking at this point is exactly as risky as drilling for oil. It's really, there's Kind of, I know it's like a little iffy here and there, but like I used to like Lord, really be just, uh, just as risky as putting Indian Point right on a fault line, right? I mean, you don't want to have another Fukushima going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Fukushima really means. Lucky Island. <laughs> Very lucky. This is why I keep you around, Tech. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I just think that, you know, they're regulating people to death and they're taxing people to death. And then, you know, again, back to small businesses when I think there's something like, I don't know if it's four or two times a year, but they have to refile like tax forms multiple times a year. So now you're having a small business owner take time out of their day to like go do these tax forms. And it's just like, what, what do you think has changed in a quarter? You know what I mean? It's like some dude has 10 people working for him. It's like, you know, maybe like a construction business or something, whatever. It, it, I don't think it changes that much where you need more than once a year for people to do that. And I mean, taxation is theft anyway, but that's another day. <laughs> agree on that. But I mean, deregulation does seem to be the key. If you look at the way that President Trump jump-started our economy before this whole COVID nonsense, it was through deregulation. It's through less, less taxation on businesses, allow businesses to keep their money so that they can grow. But it, it's amazing that other people don't just follow the blueprint. It's very simple. That's what I constantly, yes. I'm like, they have given us the exact blueprint of how this could work so easily, so easily. It, 
it's that easy. Just get rid of unnecessary things. Like people don't need these, these rules. It's unbelievable. I mean, here, here's another stupid one. If you want to start a blow dry bar, let's say, right? Like, you know, you go get your hair blown out. It's not cutting your hair. It's not coloring your hair. Literally someone shampoos and conditions your hair and then blows it out for you. You have to do 300 hours of training to get that. But if you want to fly a small, like, like Cessna kind of plane, the little guys, mm-hmm. you only need 65 to 70 hours to get your pilot license for that. No big deal. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I mean. Right? <laughs> but it's just I like, mean- how, who comes up with these rules and why is no one looking at them and saying, what can we do to actually make people, people's lives easier? It's almost, you know, I'm not trying to say they don't, but. I think the problem is that, that people are looking to the government for answers when in reality the government is not providing you with answers. They're providing you with problems. And the answer is to get rid of all these issues that the government is creating. Yeah. But I think that too many people have fallen into this trap where they think the government is supposed to be this equalizer for people, and it's not. It's supposed to be there so that no one infringes upon your rights, but they're not. They're, what they're doing is they're infringing upon our rights. Mm-hmm. It's you know, a lot of people want them to be like a parent or something, and I'm like, I exactly. I have. That's what I was about to say. Is somebody went up to them and complained, like a, a child goes up to their father, and dad is like, "Hey, I'll help you with your your horse masseuse problem," <laughs> and they went and made a freaking law about it. And by, and by the way, that's probably like my life goal now is to be a horse masseuse. Oh, you <laughs> stole my dream, Tack. <laughs> Let's do it together. We can do it together. Inter- interstate business. New York and Virginia, horse masseuse. A lot of southern spots, too. Or a lot of country spots. A lot of backwoods spots. I'm right by Old Westbury, dude. I can just go over there and massage so many horses. (laughs) That came out so wrong. (laughs) But, yes, like like Jamie said, the government is not your your mammy and your pappy. Stop Oh, that's racist, Tack. You can't talk that way. (laughs) Yes, if Jar Jar Binks can talk that way, I definitely... PBS reporter is going to come for you, (laughs) Tack. Well, that's a problem. But... uh, With with that, um, I know there's a lot of New Yorkers that have left, but they want to... uh, They want to come back. That's Mm -hmm. home. Like, I'm I'm one of them. I I don't want to leave New York. That's where I'm from. You know what I mean? But, um... I'm, I'm not stupid enough to go back because, like I said, the MTA is going up by freaking, what, 50 cent now every year or however much now every single year uh, for, for New York City mass transit. Um, the tolls are always increasing. Uh, everything is going up in price. Rent's always going up. What's one way that you would feel that, that people can be invited back or feel that they should come back to New York? Well, I mean, maybe if they stopped raising metro rates so that they could afford to give uh, released inmates from Rikers metro cards to get on the train, that could be a good start. That's where I want my criminals, on the subway with all the other people. Yeah, literally, they were releasing COVID inmates, giving them metro cards and letting them go on the subway. And then they're like, why are the subways hotspots? Well, geez, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I think safety is like the number one thing for any community, honestly, I mean, we're not, I, we're, we're not prioritized. We're not being put in a safe spot financially. We're not putting being put in a safe spot physically. I mean, I used to love going to the city and going to concerts and all, you know, whatever. Now it's like, 
the last time I went to the city, oh no, the second to last time, someone broke into my car. Like, <laughs> what, what, are, what were you even looking for? The car is clean, you know? <laughs> like, there's nothing in here. I don't even know what your point was. Yeah. And it's just, you know, how how do you expect people to want to live here when you're letting the inmates run the asylum? I mean, that's what's happening. At least they left you your car. In Louisiana, they just took the whole car. They took my car. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where's my Chevy Sonic? (laughs) It's a Chevy Sonic. Who wants a Chevy Sonic? They've probably never seen one before. They're like, this is rare. It must be valuable. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit bigger than a spark. <laughs> so what back? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, the the insurance paid me for it. They're like, oh, oh good, we're good. sorry, but it, did they give it, you a metro card? <laughs> they, they didn't pay me for the car until whoever stole the car. I forget, I forget her name now, but whoever stole the car got into a major vehicle accident. <laughs> They called me asking if I gave her permission to drive the car. <laughs> I said, no, she stole it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right, yeah, I have one, one more question for you. Yeah. So the Democrats are running the state into the ground. What, what, is their, what do you think their end game is? Do you think they even know what their plan is? Are they just trying to tread water until it's time for them to leave office? Because every single step that they take is putting us on this downward slope. And every single time they do something – that angle gets deeper and deeper until we're going into a straight nosedive. Yeah. Is there a way to fix this or are we really heading towards something that is going to be, you know, really horrific for this state economically and otherwise? I think there is one way to fix it to, you know, maybe do term limits so that we don't get these career politicians who just want to be in office for 40 plus years. And, you know, that's a, it just drives me so crazy. That's the thing that drives me nuts is that these, a lot of these people do it as a career. They stay there for forever. And it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be made up of actual like everyday citizens who kind of like want to bring different ideas to the table and not be there for your entire lifetime. And that's kind of what I would like to see happen. You know, I would like to win, get in there, do a little cleanup act and then, you know, see what happens next and just try to get more people inspired to try to do the same thing. And a lot of older voters I've noticed have been really like shocked because apparently I look young, <laughs> but I'm 30. Right. So when I knock Holy on a door, shit. people are like, what do you like? 21? Like <laughs> what are you running for office for? And I'm we like, we are all so young. Okay. We are all very, very young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Whatever. That's what I tell my younger friends too all the time and it'll never change. And I get that. that it's just a thing that will never change. But the thing is, I do think that we need to have in newer people. We need to have some cycling out of the regular everyday people who've been there for forever. I think that we need to clean up a mess that's been made and, you know, stop adding to it. Every budget. (laughs) See, what I don't think uh, career politicians understand is you can be a very, very talented individual, uh, very knowledgeable, and you can move systems and you can get things done. But there's only so far your, uh, 
there's only so far you can take it. There's only so far that your talents can push something. And eventually, like NBA players, NFL players, you have to retire out because you're not going to be able to keep up with the, the, the times as the times change. Uh, you're not going to be able to keep up with, with cultures as cultures progress. And there comes a point in time where you have to realize, well, dang, I have to bow out of it. But I think the money's too nice. You see Nancy Pelosi just put um, raises for her and her cronies uh-huh. in the bailout bill. <laughs> well, the price, the price of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> the price of alcohol to sit, to sit on a tarmac because Trump canceled your flight. <laughs> That's what she included in there. We know the tariffs from the imported goods went up, so the price of her vodka went up. So yeah. She needs <laughs> yeah. Right, but Jamie, de- I definitely like what you have to say. You definitely have our support over here. Um, give the give the folks at home the information on where they can find you online, where they can donate to your campaign should they wish to do so, and any other information you would like to give them. Absolutely. Thanks. So. There's a Facebook, a Twitter, and an Instagram, and a website, and they're all under the same name. That which would be it very easy. Sylvestri for NY. That's it. <laughs> and it's the word for, right? Not it's the, the word for, and it's S I L V E S T R I. That will be in the episode description. So if you cannot spell, you just need to be able to click. Guys, for that, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you share, like, subscribe, all those things. We need you to keep listening. Remember, audio formats, we get a little bit of money every single time that you listen. Make sure you follow us on social media. Follow Tack on Instagram. That's Solomon Tack, two A's and a C. There's no There's K no in Tack. None. No K. <laughs> stop I'm gonna asking. Stop. I'm going to stop saying it because there, people need to know by now. Um, follow us at Get Red Pilled NY. Follow us on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives. Visit our website, EmpireStateConcernNetwork.com, and visit our store. We have my hat. We have tax hat. We have tax shirt. We have a bunch of great stuff on there. All that stuff is available. So while you're locked inside going insane, at least you can have some new clothes. Um, and we're, that, we're you got shark tooth blades. Yes. Make sure that you sharp people. Yes, make sure that you check out our sponsor, Shark Tooth Blades at sharktoothblades.com. Promo code ESC for 15% off. For that, I'm Evan. That's Tack. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Guys, don't go insane in quarantine and don't let fear take your freedom. Mm-hmm.